This is episode 371 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Info Apocalypse, Now the Real Dangers of AI. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information about it, click on the link in the show notes or come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, this podcast is going to be a little bit different as far as um, the information that's presented is not necessarily preparedness related, but you know one of the things we talk about and one of the things that is preparedness uh, minded is looking out at the future and being prepared, staying aware of what's going on. And so this article over at Survivalpedia really um, talks about you know the information apocalypse and really the dangers of of AI and uh, artificial intelligence. And all of that. And it's funny because as I was uh, preparing for this one, I started, I had just a little bit of time and I started remembering a podcast that I listened to. And then that caused me to remember another story. And then it caused me to remember uh, a Twitter uh, or a tweet that I saw on Twitter not too long ago. And so I'm going to bounce off of all of those things here as we, as we start reading this one, because I do believe it's something that we need to be aware of. So let's go ahead and jump into the article and then uh, I'll share all those other resources and articles and tweets and all the other stuff that I was talking about uh, as well. All right, so here we go. According to many doomers, the rise of AI or artificial intelligence as opposed to natural stupidity will be something along the lines of the scenario in the Terminator 2 movie. At some point in the future, Skynet will become self-conscious and it will decide in a few picoseconds that we're useless eaters. You know the rest. AI will trigger a nuclear war and everything in the world will be turned into rubble. Think along the lines of The Road, the movie starring Viggo Mortensen. But enough with the Hollywood's neo-Luddite dark obsessions. Those leftists in Hollywood are clueless about everything else. So why would they be right about the rise of the AI? Despite my sarcastic preamble, today's article is about the popularity perceived dangers of the AI, or how it could turn against us, leading to War World 3 and the whole nine yards. There's a guy I know of who pretends he's already seen the future, and it sucks. Joke aside, I am talking about Antonio Garcia Martinez, and this is not your average apple seed writing dumb op-eds to put the fear of God into innocent people who just want to live their lives quietly and mind their own business. This guy is a former tech industry insider and a high IQ individual, more precisely a former Goldman Sachs strategist, Twitter advisor, product manager for Facebook, etc. Basically, Antonio had all his 20 fingers and toes into all the AI-filled pies in the world. Judging from his portfolio, we can safely presume Antonio to be at least a millionaire, yet after he has seen the future, it looks so bad that it made him flee for the woods. Literally. After years of toiling for world's biggest corporations and getting obscenely rich in the process, 
Antonio Garcia Martinez is now living somewhere north of Seattle, hiding in the woods with a pickup truck, a dog, and a gun. Okay, and maybe a bucket toilet. Why did this happen, you may ask? The AI, the evil robots, are coming to get us, that's why. And no one will be spared in their path, or at least very few. Or so dixed Antonio. According to his vision of our brave new future world, within a generation, or 30 years to be exact, half of us will be unemployed, and that's due to the rise of AI, obviously. With half a population without a job here in the U.S., things will get ugly fast, and there could even be a revolution, maybe a Butlerian jihad of sorts if we get lucky. But no, we won't get lucky. In his view, in 10 years or so, we'll be ran over by self-driving trucks, and since America is gun country, the hundreds of millions of displaced from the workforce, people may revolt against the system. Most people don't realize it, but we're currently in a race between politics and technology, and the latter is winning. They're actually way ahead. I know for many of my readers, these may sound like the delusional ramblings of a Luddite fanatic, but many others, including Elon Musk and the now-deceased Stephen Hawking, share his fears. Even an AI guru, Jeremy Howard, respectively, believes that if anything, we should be more worried about AI working in collusion with those pesky robots for displacing, dislocating, setting adrift America and the world's workforce in the near future. Professional optimists claim that while AI and robots may temporarily replace regular jobs, in the future, technological advancement, advancements will inexorably create new ones, like it always happened in the past. However, with robots and AI taking over, the old argument about technological revolutions creating new and amazing jobs doesn't work as it's based on the prior industrial revolution, after which we all ended up just fine. The problem with the AI revolution is that wealth and power will be confiscated in the first phase, stick with me, by a tiny class of society, a technological elite of sorts, while most of us will be rendered useless eaters, leeches to society by any definition, as the working class will not be able to compete with robots. Humans are to be basically rendered obsolete as most workers are mentally sluggish and physically weak compared to, well, androids maybe. Joke aside, these theories are actually unfortunate and unavoidable facts if we continue on today's path. Let me give you an example. Between 2000 and 2010, America lost 5.6 million manufacturing jobs. And no, it wasn't Mexico's fault. 85% of the jobs were lost due to automation. Another study predicts that almost half of U.S. jobs will be destroyed by automation in the next 20 years. And these are Oxford economists, not doomsayers. This means entire professions which were previously thought to be the exclusive domain of blue-collar Americans will be taken over by machines. And I am talking about restaurant jobs, commercial driving, retail work, and so on and so forth. Even white-collar jobs are in danger. The likes of data analysis translation, or journalism. A report via White House claims that 83% of U.S. jobs paying less than 20 bucks per hour will disappear due to automation. The problem with humans getting replaced by machines in the future is not new. Aristotle wrote about technological unemployment, while John Stuart Mill even advocated 
if I recall correctly, prohibiting technological advancements which may negatively affect workers. I used the term Luddites and Neo-Luddites in the first part of the article. Well, these guys are famous for destroying machines back in the 18th century, out of fear the machines will take their jobs. However, the new technological revolution, AI and robots working hand-in-hand, that is, is not a Luddite fallacy as many claim. There is vast empirical evidence already that automation is displacing large segments of the U.S. workforce, and not only this is nothing to celebrate, but only the beginning of the AI takeover. I mean, this is not a hypothetical scenario, but something already happening. Fearing mass unemployment due to the automation AI is one thing, but some theorize that AI robots will someday become a technologically advanced, as in smart and self-conscious maybe, that they'll be able to dominate and finally eradicate their masters. That would be us. This theory is not propagated by drug addicts nor freaks, but by Elon Musk, a tech titan who's worth tens of billions of dollars, who recently said he's terrified of AI, which represents a fundamental risk to the existence of our civilization or something along these lines. He said this during a gathering of U.S. state governors, and I believe he drew a lot of attention. The recently departed in another dimension famous physician, Stephen Hawking, seconded by Bill Gates, who I hope needs no introduction, is also terrified of AI, warning about a future when we'll lose control of our robots and end up exterminated or enslaved by them. Stephen Hawking summed up the problem with AI very simply. On short term, the impact of AI robots on society will depend on who controls them. However, on a long enough timeline, the problem is whether AI can be controlled at all. Unlike humans, AI machines are capable of evolving orders of magnitude faster, and this may present us with unexpected consequences. Just to give you an example about technology being both a benefit and a hazard, think about atomic fission, which can be used for either good, nuclear power, or evil, atomic bombs. Artificial intelligence is just the same, and to give you a hint about its potential catastrophic uses, think along the lines of autonomous battlefield robots, also known as autonomous killing machines. Currently, over 50 nations are racing to develop such monstrosities, and the cherry on top will be AI robots capable of making kill decisions on their own, meaning without having a human in the decision chain. You think this is just theoretical? Do your own research. These weapons may be decades away for now, but billions are poured into research and development by countries like ours, Israel, Russia, China, Germany, India, and the UK. Drones and battlefield robots are currently allowed by international law, but even if they weren't, when countries go to war, I doubt that China, Russia, or India have much respect for international or humanitarian law. The question is, how long will it take for an AI machine to master the art of R&D, that is, to learn how to program itself, thus becoming smarter and smarter in geometrical progression? This concept is called intelligence explosion, and it was theorized by an English mathematician back in the 60s. Half a century ago, I.J. Good was very preoccupied with artificial neural networks, which are now all the rage in Silicon Valley some 50 years later. These artificial neural networks try to duplicate the way the human brain functions, which may soon translate into self-improving AI. 
The next logical step is to assume that self-improving robots will become exponentially more intelligent than us, and then what? They'll save us from ourselves, becoming our best friends, and solving all of our problems? I seriously doubt, doubt it. Another issue is who will control all these lethal and uber-intelligent machines? It's also worth considering that experts developing AI are not exploring ethics nor safety in the process. All they're looking for, at least for now, is economic value, even if such technologies may, at some point, threaten our survival as a species. So let me end this piece with a quote from Stephen Hawking. The development of full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race. It would take off on its own and redesign itself at an ever-increasing rate. Humans who are limited by slow biological evolution couldn't compete and would be superseded. All right, so that's the article there, and I, you know, you're listening to this, and you're like, okay, Todd, come on, really, your movies and stuff, but um, there is some, you know, some concern there when you really start kind of digging into it, and so one of the reasons, and really, I, you know, the thing about uh, automating um, food in restaurants, I mean, you really, you can see that already. There are some fast food restaurants where you know it, it's all done for you and uh i think i've seen it uh, like the facebook picture or a picture on facebook or whatever and uh it was something like this is what you know 15 dollars an hour gets you and, and now it's basically you go to this place and it's like a mcdonald's or a burger king or something like that and you just type in what you want and then you know you pay for it with your credit card and then it just gets shot out and you know you go to where it's your order comes out and uh, you have very few people there uh, running things. I mean, mostly probably it's just people like loading. If you're there, they might be loading, uh, you know, materials or resources into these robots or just making sure that everything is running smooth. But can you imagine, um, you know, that you have a whole restaurant run by robots and, and how much money someone would save on that? Um, I have a, a family member who owns a couple of McDonald's. And, uh, you know, they put a lot of money into it and they hire a lot of people and they, they, you know, they hire young kids too, because they want to give them a chance and, and, you know, give them their first jobs and things like that. But, you know, they're, they're interested in the bottom line as well. They're into it for making money. And so if it got to a point where it was cheaper to, to do this, I mean, come on, you know, that, that, that would really speak to them, especially if taxes started getting higher and all these other things started becoming just way out of control they're going to they're going to maybe not even because they wanted to but out of necessity to be able to continue owning their and operating their business they moved to something like that um, you can easily see where trucks you know right now you have truck drivers and and people you know that that's a big industry but you you have a lot of these self-driving cars and they're starting to get out there they they're ha- they have a lot of hiccups I know that like the Google car, I think it was the Google car or whatever, uh, Uber, the, maybe the Uber car uh, had a couple of wrecks and they pulled them off and all that kind of stuff. But they are increasing that technology so fast. Technology is increasing so fast that they're starting to get to the point where they are, you know, th- th- that they are perfecting it. When I was younger, I worked on the ship channel, on the Houston ship channel uh, for a liquid petroleum gas surveying company. And, uh, you know, we would go out and we would survey uh, tanks and, and liquid petroleum gas and all that kind of stuff. And we basically we went all over the Gulf Coast, but we had uh, vehicles. We had trucks 
that would um, transport nitrogen. And so when we were clearing takes, tanks out, uh, liquid petroleum gas tanks, and we were cleaning those and purging them and all that kind of stuff, we would use nitrogen. Well, if we were at a dock that didn't have its own supply of nitrogen, our trucks would go and uh, would connect to the ship and uh, to the to the tanks. And that's what we would use, you know, to, to clean the tanks and purge them and all that kind of stuff. And our truck drivers, you know, we had to manage the nitrogen very carefully because they can only drive so many hours per day and or, you know, all those types of things. And so if they got stopped, I remember one time, uh, you know, they were really, really pushing it. Uh, but if they went over and they got stopped by by a police officer, I mean, they would get some very heavy fines because they were, you know, they only have a certain amount of hours to work. Well, if you have a self-driving truck, you don't have that. These trucks can be driving at all hours and maybe they are driving at night, right? Can you imagine? It's like, hey, we're going to make it safer for you. We're not going to put these big uh, tractor trailers out there, these big 18 wheelers out there during the day. They're going to be running at night and they all run, uh, you know, by they're all AI and all robot driven and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, you're, you're going to be safer and this is better. But the, the job loss that's going to happen there, people that have been driving all their life or, or you know, they're, they make their living that way. And then all of a sudden it goes this way. And so there is a time period where you start to see that happening and there's still going to be, you know, the better drivers are going to be out there. But then eventually the scales tip and everyone realizes it's cheaper to do it this way than to hire someone that I have to pay. And I have all these regulations and all these kinds of things going on and, and happening. And so that's a very real thing that is being experienced right now. Now, in the article, it talked about that other jobs are being created. And that I believe that's true, right? Um, for instance, uh, because of my position in, this, in the school district, I've been able to sit in on meetings where normally I wouldn't have and uh, got to listen to some of the higher, uh, I guess, the higher level science people talk. And uh, they're, they were talking about... Um, jobs in mechtronics, right? So like mechanical, uh, electronics, engineering, and basically, and I looked into it because I mean, I've got kids that are, you know, in high school and going to college and, and all of that. And the way that they were talking is that this is a big field. They need a lot of people and there's just not enough people out there to, uh, to meet the need. And so I started looking into it because they were, they were talking about partnering with our local community college. And when I looked it up, you can do an uh, an associate's degree, so two years of college. Actually, you could do a certificate, but if you did a uh, if you did an associate's degree, two years of college, you could come out making more than a teacher would be making a first year teacher with a four year degree. And then at that, I mean, you get in on the ground floor and uh, you start doing well and you could very easily go get your bachelor's degree in engineering from there, jump from there to, to, to there. And so uh, imagine what, you know, somebody, you know, going to school for only two years, making $60,000 a year. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, here in the Houston area, maybe where you are, I mean, 60000 is is a decent salary, right? And so, you know, there are jobs, there are going to be jobs out there. Um, that are going to come about because of this. You know, all the robots and all the, the automation, there's going to be people that need to work on that and program those and, and, and all, you know, everything that goes into all of that, service all of them, parts and blah, 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 and, and, and all of that, right? 
So there's going to be jobs, but probably not as many jobs as the automation is taking away. Um, you know, something to consider. Um, you have seen videos probably on those, um, I guess, man-looking robots that can jump, that can twist, that can turn, that can, you know, like jump up on a box and those types of things. You've seen the robots uh, like uh, like a dog. They, they, they kind of mimic a dog, right? Or at least they look like a dog. And they're able to walk in a, uh, a like a, a regular uh, business, and they're o- able to open doors and those types of things. And can you imagine? I mean, those things are being programmed. But if you gave them the ability to start to to think for themselves and be able to program on their own and be able to move on their own, you know, the the um, it's very easy to be able to make that jump from from that to Skynet, right? And also the fact that there are some you know, big thinkers in in the fields, you know, uh, that are uh, giving some warnings and different things like that. So let me jump to what I was talking about as far as, you know, where my mind was jumping after I was, uh, as I started preparing for this one, um, I was listening to a podcast and it wasn't a preparedness related podcast. In fact, I can't even remember. I was looking on my phone trying to remember which podcast it was and I couldn't. Um, but they were talking about uh, a Google bot that beat the Go champion. Now, Go is a an Asian game and it is like very, very strategic. It is a lot harder than chess. There are a lot more moves. And so, you know, it's one thing to play a computer uh, against a computer on chess. It's another thing to play it on, you know, this, uh, this game called go. And supposedly, you know, you have a, a board and you try to, you put stones down, you try to collect as much, uh, property or as much of the board as possible, right? So it's something along those lines, but it's supposed to be like a very hard game, but there are champions out there. And so they, um, I guess it's Google, right? Google bought this one, uh, company that had this AI thing that, you know, had it going, this program that was learning. That's the deal. It was learning. So they were feeding this, uh, this AI, this computer program, they were feeding it all the different moves and so it started, they set it to where it's almost like, uh, oh my gosh, what is that? The movie War Games? You mean, I'm, I'm, I'm digging way, way, way back there uh, with, uh, oh my, I can't remember his name, the guy from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Um, uh, the goofy looking guy. So anyway, so the game started, or the AI started playing each other and started learning from each other. Now, this is like the second iteration of this uh, specific AI, but uh, within months, uh, it was able to get, so the first iteration was able to get to a place where um, it could beat, uh, you know, beat people, right? You know, uh, beat people who had really high skill. But this one in the learning was was a lot faster because it was a faster AI. It learned faster. It was a different program, all this kind of stuff. And so it beat the Go champion. So there was a, you know, a, a champion of this game called Go and it beat him. And so um, very, I mean, it was like, wow, it was one of those things. And it was, um, it, it was learning and it, it actually recovered from a, a fatal move that it made, but it was able to um, recover from that bad move that it made and was able to still win. And so that's, you know, that this, this stuff is out there already. And so imagine if you, if you just turned it loose, right? And so this kind of got me thinking and, and jumping to uh, 
another article, another story that I remember about the, the Facebook AI that started creating its own language. And the, the specific article that I, I pulled up is Forbes and uh, from July 31st, 2017, so almost a, a full year uh, from uh, ago uh, from where we are right now. And uh, of course, and then I hit Snopes and Snopes was like, it did not create its own language. But let me tell you what it did. And even Snopes did, you know, quote this, quote um, the, the people that were, were dealing with this. So Facebook had this AI and uh, it was supposed to be talking in English. Well, they didn't specify in the program that it had to talk English. It just said that you had to communicate with each other. So this AI started communicating and it wasn't in its own language. It didn't create its own language. It was still a derivative of English, right? But what it was doing, it was cutting out all the extra stuff that it didn't need to communicate. So it had learned that in order to communicate faster, I can cut out some of these letters. I can come out, I can cut out some of these, uh, you know, this explanation here. I can say this this way and the other AI robot understands or the other AI program understands what I'm saying and we're communicating very, very uh, quickly. And so, uh, you know, people talked about Facebook kind of got freaked out and they shut it down and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, it, that's what happened. And so with the Snopes, I don't, I don't, um, I don't put too much uh, trust in Snopes because I, I remember, and I, I couldn't pull this article if I, if I wanted to, but I remember reading that it was run by a bunch of left-wing uh, nuts or whatever. And so some of the things that were like uh, conservative and political or whatever, they were putting their own slant on it. So w- whatever. But anyway, if you read the Snopes article, it will tell you that it was creating um, a language. And so here I wanted to, so for instance, so Bob, I guess Bob is one of the AIs. It says, uh, I can, can, I, I, everything else. And so Alice then said, balls have zero to me, 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 too. And so that they, you know, they took out all these other words that they didn't need, but they understood what they were saying to each other and they were, they were able to communicate. So it wasn't its own language. It was still English. But they were they were learning how to speak faster, and so of course Facebook is like, well, we we uh, we wanted it to really speak English, and so we shut it down because um, you know it it didn't have a reward to only speak English, and so I'm like, okay, so if you only wanted it to speak English and you didn't want it to to talk in this kind of code with each other, so why don't you just change the program and do what you wanted it to do? But instead, they just shut it all down. So anyway, that's kind of telling there that you know the program it, it went there pretty quickly uh, in in its development when, in in talking with each other. And so then uh, I believe it was yesterday that I saw this um, Def Defcon warning systems on Twitter. Um, I follow them. Uh, and I believe their Twitter hashtag is Defcon uh, or it's Defcon uh, WS alerts. And so if you're interested and if you want to follow them, um, so they said Q. So this kind of got my my attention because it said Q Skynet coming online in five, four, three. And so I'm like, OK, what's that? So I clicked on it. And it was actually a Fox News article that linked to the title uh, title of the article is Air Force brings AI to B2, F-35s and F-15s. And so uh, I was just going to read just a little bit here of that 
The U.S. Air Force is now accelerating a massive AI push to cyber-hardened networks, improve weapon systems, and transform functions of large combat air platforms such as the B-2, F-15, and F-35, service officials said. The Air Force has over 600 projects incorporating a facet of artificial intelligence to address various mission sets, Captain Hope Cronin, Air Force spokeswoman, told Warrior Maven. While AI can, of course, massively expedite data consolidation, cloud migration, and various kinds of much-needed cybersecurity functions, it is increasingly being applied more broadly across weapon systems and large platforms. So it's like, what could possibly go wrong there, right? So anyway, again, guys, you know, I'm not saying Terminator 2 is happening tomorrow. I'm not saying, you know, uh, you run for the woods and, and all of that. I'm saying it's something to think about, something to consider. You know, if I was if I was a government, I would probably put fail safe EMPs all over the place. Right. And uh, all over the world and just and, and then have that. I, I don't know why that ever that was that was never an option in um uh, in Terminator, uh, right? In in, Ma- in the Matrix, it was at least a partial EMP. They were able to do that. Uh, so you, you you wonder if that would be something that we would need to uh, put in for a fail safe or something like that. But it's something to keep our eyes on. You know, maybe you're you work in an industry where you can easily be taken over by automation. Maybe you need to be thinking about you know what kind of moves can I make? Is it too late for me to go back to school? If you're in your 40s, even if you're in your 50s. Two years out of uh, two years out of your life, uh, going to school to make sixty thousand dollars a year in a job that you know you're pretty much, um, you know, I mean, you're going to be set because they need people like that. And there's a lot of other, uh, you know, jobs like that as well. I mean, of course, you need to know math and science. Uh, you know, I know my my son was dealing with electronics and and electrical circuits and different things like that. And uh, you know, when he looked into it, so. You know, you have that, but you can imagine if you're in a situation where you could possibly be pushed out or you're you're at the, uh, you know, the top of your game uh, as far as your your industry goes and you're not making that much more money. I mean, a move like that might be very, very much worth it uh, for you and your family to be able to uh, make sure that you have a job that you, that you can provide for. Um, or provide for your family and, and pay the bills and, and put food on the table and all those types of things. But then also just paying attention to what is happening. That's what we do. Uh, we, we have that situational awareness, not just in our situation, in our local areas, but in the world and what's going on. And, and so I think it's just smart to, uh, you know, to have some of this, you know, at least in the back of our mind, knowing that, you know, what, what is possible because these ding dongs, like the article said that, that I read, they're not thinking about the moral aspects of it. They're not taking it to its, its final conclusion. They're thinking, how can we make more money right now? Right. How can we make more money? How can we beat uh, other countries or other or other companies to the punch and make the most money, regardless of what that means for the future. And uh, you know, our politicians think like that um, when they eat up resources. You know, the the way we eat up resources and and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're not thinking about the future. And so again, uh, when you have something as curious as this, and even some of the things that I've kind of mentioned. 
And then you have people that are just like, hey, they just want to make the buck. You know, they want to get rich and make as much money as possible. And so they don't care about what the end results are. They just want to make sure that, that they make a lot of money. And, uh, you know, they don't care about uh, how that hurts our world or hurts other people. So all those types of things are things that we need to be considering and and hopefully have in, our, in, in the back of our mind. So, again, I don't believe that the apocalypse is happening tomorrow but it's just another thing to be uh, aware of and be thinking about. And guys, that is over at Survivalpedia. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And I'm also going to link to these other articles in, um, on, in the show notes as well. So you can look those up if you're interested. All right, everyone. Well, that is it for episode 371. An interesting, a different, a different podcast today. So a uh, different one, more focusing on, on uh, just a, a different aspect of uh, being aware and stuff. I hope you enjoyed this one. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to the Prepper website, podcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.